Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Baltimore Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan, here with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports, as well as the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, uh, I don't know if you saw the comments, but Ray Lewis talks on Inside the NFL. Everybody knows that he is a co-host on that show every week. He was asked the question about Lamar Jackson and what exactly um, the offense that he was running under Greg Roman and what exactly is needed to help Lamar Jackson. So take a listen. I think it's simple, man. Lamar Jackson is a rock star, but the offense that he's been playing in the last three, four years with Greg Roman as offensive coordinator, I always said this, that doesn't fit him. Right. It fits him because he has to be Superman. Right. He has to make five people miss. But Lamar Jackson needs a number one receiver. Not uh, Lamar Jackson needs help. Right. Lamar Jackson. They, they haven't given Lamar Jackson the opportunity to really throw the ball downfield. Like, let this guy do what what I think he does very well. You, you, right? don't, you, know, you don't think they were trying to do that maybe last year and this year Listen, and then the injuries, you know, well, slowed I, that progress. I get it. Yeah. I understand the injuries, Phil, but I'm just telling you, when you have a player that dynamic, Patrick Mahomes is surrounded around nothing but help. Lamar, we got Mark Andrews. We got a couple of other guys, but we need pieces right. around Lamar Jackson. Okay, so if you obviously he's clamoring for Lamar to for two things. One, to get an offensive coordinator that appears to be more complimentary of his style of play, which many will argue will be a pro style type of offensive coordinator. And two, you know, saying that Lamar needs more weapons. And when you start looking at the roster that Lamar has dealt with since he became starter um, in 2018, it's, it's not that grand. And we talk about this often. The 14-2 and two season, when you look at the wide receiving core, I mean, none of those guys outside of Marquise Brown, I don't even know if they're still playing in the National Football League at this point or how long they played after um, the 2019 season. So, you know, the Ravens, we know, have tried to get some pieces. We know that they drafted Rashad Bateman. We know that they drafted, you know, Devin DuVernay, James Prochet, uh, Tylon Wallace. But a lot of those guys have not worked out. Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay obviously went out with injury. Prochet and Wallace, I mean, at this point, just are special teamers. They have no, you know, uh, effect on the passing game for the Ravens. So when you hear Ray Lewis say these things, do you agree with the logic that, you know, the that Greg Roman was holding him back a little bit and that he could use some more weapons to help him move forward in, in his uh, career? I mean, Ray Lewis isn't the first person to say this. Uh, it's, it's been quite a few great players, former great players, to say this about 
Greg Roman's offense with Lamar Jackson. Um, you think back to one of those people, two of those people, I, I should say, one of which being Ray Lewis, who we just heard, um, arguably the greatest linebacker of all time and probably the greatest Raven of all time. Uh, and then the other being Steve Young, who's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, who in his day was considered one of the more mobile quarterbacks as well. Um, and both of them have said this. I mean, I've, I've never really agreed with the notion that the Ravens put this offense together for Lamar. Um, they've, the NFL, you know, the NFL caught flack during Lamar coming out of, uh, during that lead up to the draft where Lamar came out of the college because everybody wanted to move his position around. Everybody right. was trying to get him to go to wide receiver and then you go to the draft and, you know, he's he's there pretty much the entire first round until the Ravens trade back in to get him uh, with the last pick. But you look at it and you when you hear stuff like the Greg Roman put this offense together for Lamar, it's almost like the Ravens themselves – while they may not have bought into that stuff as much as other teams did, they kind of believe it themselves. They kind of believe Lamar is limited themselves. Um, they they don't necessarily believe he can do what every other quarterback can do. Just from a basic stand, a basic passing standpoint, it seems like um, because they feel like they have to give him kind of just this this run-heavy offense, which I'm not saying didn't have a time where, where it worked. It did. Um, but, A, they have – I think that they kind of themselves have, in their mind, diminished what Lamar can do from a passing standpoint. Uh, they may not openly say it, but I think when you continue to hear the stuff that we've heard about ben, Greg Roman's scheme being specifically for Lamar, I, I think that – kind of tells you they don't believe that Lamar can be the passer that all the rest of these guys can do or can be, or they don't believe that he can do it the same way. I don't think they think that Lamar can live from the pocket. They don't think he can be a, 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 a thrower that um, is up there, even though his numbers at times have shown he can be one of the top uh, pocket quarterbacks in the league. For whatever reason, they may not trust that he can read a defense the way that they think he can, or or maybe it's just not one of his strong suits. Um, but I also think that the Ravens have benefited in the past from seeing Lamar work with less. And when you hear comments like what Phil Sims was saying and naming guys like Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, who are good players, they're quality players. Um, the jury's still out on Rashad Bateman, whether he agrees with that or not, is 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 valid. I, I think it has to be valid. Um, that said, I think that it has allowed the Ravens to feel like they can get away with not putting with, without, uh, investing in that premium wide receiver position the way that they should financially, they'll invest first round picks in it. They've shown that Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman draft capital in general, Tylen Wallace, James Prochet, Devin Duvernay, you know, they will draft wide receivers but they won't pay them. They, they won't pay uh, the quality wide receivers, the wide receivers that have accomplished something in this league. So I think that's, that's going to have to be something that they look to change. And I'm not a hundred percent sold that that's going to change this off season because to get the type of wide receivers they need to get on this offense, they're going to have to trade for these guys and give an extension to these guys. So 
I, I don't I don't see them really doing that. Eric DaCosta's comments at the presser um, a couple of weeks ago didn't encourage me that that's something that they're looking to do. Um, so we'll see. But I, I do think that they have to get a new. I mean, they're doing it now. They're getting a new system around Lamar, but they also have to get him some at least some sort of premium talent on the outside. It's hard to judge this guy and put him uh, and try to compare him to some of the other top passers in the league when you look at who they're throwing to and when you see who he's throwing to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a couple of things here. So I I believe that Greg Roman's offense fits a certain type of quarterback, which Lamar fits the mold. And I do believe that in in the beginning, they weren't sure about um, Lamar moving the ball uh, downfield. The problem is, is that when you start looking at their play calling, they've absolutely moved the ball downfield. The problem is, is that they struggle in short and intermediate play calling. And that's something that I felt like that they lacked, but they pushed the ball down the field, but they pushed the ball down the field to guys that I mean, quite frankly, would be maybe threes, fours, somewhere else on another team. So you eventually felt like Lamar had the skills to push the ball down the field. And so because you've done it, I've seen the play calling. However, you don't have guys around him that can help him do those things. I look at a guy like Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, and I feel like last year we had a conversation about, well, who was Philadelphia going to bring in via draft or via offseason? And Philly said, no, what we're going to do is strengthen the guys around him to make him better. And that's exactly what they did, and now they're in the NFC Championship. And I I think that we can all say that J, uh, that Jalen, while a great athlete and a very good quarterback, is not as good as Lamar. So if Philadelphia can change their logic and say, well, we might not think that he's the greatest, but what we're going to do is put him in the best situation and see how this goes, then I don't understand why the Ravens haven't done the same thing. Why should Lamar be the person that carries this team, which is what Ray Lewis said. It's very unfair for him to do that. And so, you know, I agree with you. I'm not really sure if I expect them to trade. They don't have many draft picks going into this draft as of, at the moment. Um, and then it would require probably reworking a deal if we're talking about a DeAndre Hopkins type of player. But, you know, you have to find a way to get Lamar some help. There's just no excuses. And you'd argue that, you know, the window that you had him on his rookie deal is really the time that you should have done it, that you had the, 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 the money to do it probably the draft capital to trade away some guys and you chose not to do it. So in hindsight, this is really on the Ravens and how this is all played out because at this point, once 2020 happened and you saw how, you know, the bills uh, completely took the run game away and forced them to throw the ball. And they really were successful in doing that. That should have been your call to go out and get a guy. And I think that you thought, if you're the Ravens, Rashad Bateman was what you thought what you were getting a guy. No, you needed somebody else. And that's the problem that I have is that if you – we're not, not acknowledging the fact that they tried to get guys. But I feel like if you ask them, they're going to say, well, we did try to get guys. We yeah. drafted this guy in the first yeah. round. And, and look, we get it, but that's not enough. Not in the National Football League. That's not enough. And we talked about the lack of wide receivers going into the season only to be right about it. 
that's the part that like we all knew that they needed depth at wide receiver. We all knew that they needed a more explosive wide receiver in addition to Rashad Bateman, and they did nothing. So I'm with Ray 110%. I think that the Greg Roman offense was good for him for because he, he started in 2019. Because remember, in 2018, it was Marty Morton. Mm -hmm. That was the offensive coordinator. That was not Greg Roman, although he was the wide receivers coach. So 2019, 2020, I don't have a problem with those years. But eventually, you have to start evolving. And I think that that's the problem that I had. You didn't get him the weapons that he needed after 2020. And also, you didn't evolve the offense to allow more, you know, um, passing situations outside of downfield passes. Because, you know, there's more to the game than just throwing the ball down the field. You can throw short and intermediate passes, you know. So that's the problem that I, I, I have. I felt like that this offense stayed the same, didn't evolve. And then obviously we know that the play calling was what it was. So, you know, I, the Ravens, we all see it. I hope the Ravens see it. They click. I don't care if you keep Lamar or not. Whoever you bring in here needs help, period, mm -hmm. particularly on the outside. So if, if you think that you're going to compete in this division that has top wide receivers and other, you know, and other teams, how do you think that you're going to compete with a guy that can't stay healthy, a number two that will be a number three or a slot guy somewhere else? And then I don't even know who the other guys are going to be at this point. <laughs> honestly, I mean, come on. honestly, it's like who who are who are the rest of these guys? I mean, thank you. And if what is their plan? I I really I really want to know what their plan is. If they if they plan to really improve the wide receiver position, they have no choice but to kind of swing for the fences because going to get Alan Lazard or DJ Chark. It's not, it's, it's, it, I'm not going to say it's not going to move the needle for me. It moves it a, a little bit, but not as substantially enough, I think, to get the job done. Um, it's, it's not enough to stack your receiving core up against a Cincinnati or against a Buffalo or against any of the remaining teams in the playoffs right now. I mean, is this not the time of year that the Ravens want to be playing in? That's what I need to figure out. Yeah. Because I, I, and, uh, Eric DaCosta was asked about this at the press conference as well, about just how does he go about putting a team together that's built to win it all? Like just what goes into the thought process? What what are the types of things you want to do or you feel like you have to do to make sure your team is playing around this time of year? And, you know, I, I think that's an important thing to try to figure out because at some point you're going to have to acknowledge that, the way that it's worked in the past is not the way that I think is fitting for today's NFL. Yeah. Defense and run game is just not enough. It's, it's really not enough. It's I mean, cute. Philly, Philly, it's cute. Yeah. It's really cute. Defense, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you do. In the division that you're right. in, you do need to guy, you need guys right. that, that can defend. But the running game is cute. It's cute. But what are you going to do when they take it away? And yeah. the Steelers showed you what you, what they can do, which is nothing. Literally and look, not. I understand that Tyler Huntley was the backup. I understand. I, I know that Lamar did not start. I'm simply implying that they disrespected the wide receivers that they had because they didn't think that they could do anything with those guys. Now, Mark Andrews obviously was, was having a day because he's Mark Andrews. He can do whatever he wants to do, and it's very hard to stop him. The other guys was getting shut down because, um, well, I mean, 
I mean, look at the roster that you have as the wide receiver position. It's not quality talent. Exactly. Nicely. It's not quality talent. Um, not not quality enough talent to be playing, you know, in the conference championship right now. It's those times are over where you can skate by with below average wide receivers. Everybody keeps talking to me about uh Trent Delfer and stuff. Those days are over. I don't look at Brock Purdy as the the Trent Delfer. I could be wrong. I don't I don't look at him in, in that same situation. I'm not saying I believe that Brock Purdy is as good as he's been. This is who I think he's going to be for the remainder of his career. I don't know that. I really don't. But I watch what Brock Purdy does. And sure, you could make the argument he manages the game. But this dude is like when they ask him to throw the ball, I mean, he's able to throw the ball really all over the field. You know, and having weapons is 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 imperative to his success having those dudes that he has is imperative to success christian mccaffrey and debo samuel are yak monsters they're going to find a way to stretch the field then you got brandon Ayuk that you can throw down the field jennings and of course Mm -hmm. kittle so so they're surrounding him with elite talent it is very hard for him to fail at this point and that's the difference between brock purdy and what Lamar Jackson has going on. And Lamar Jackson is winning, was winning games despite the mm-hmm. talent that he had surrounding him. So imagine if he had those types of guys, just one, just a Debo Samuel, just it's, one. It's, imagine. This is crazy to me the way that, I, and I'm not saying I don't understand why the Ravens may not want to, why they, why they don't want to pay Lamar the money he's asking for. But when you look at, how much they really lean on this guy and how much everything is dependent on number eight, you understand why he's going in there basically asking for a blank check. Yeah. I mean, it's it's easy to see. I mean, and, and there are a lot of people were saying Lamar lost money by not by by not playing down the stretch. Okay, that's that's you know, that's debatable. But I would also say you could look at this team and see what they are without him compared to what they were with him. And I'm not saying the offense was still struggling without a doubt, but they were finding ways to win games, still finding ways to win games. And, and at a certain points they were winning games with him out initially, but once they got back into having to play in the division at the back end of the season, you didn't beat Pittsburgh. You didn't beat Cincinnati neither time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think it showed when they actually when they needed to get a win, they couldn't get a win because they didn't have Lamar Jackson out there. I think that bodes well for his argument more than theirs. All I know is, is that if the Ravens think that they can win moving forward, whether Lamar Jackson is the quarterback or not, they're going to need more help from the wide receiver position because that is the one position that they're that they're glaringly lacking. Um, and that's the one that has a big effect on what this offense does moving forward. So we'll see who the offensive coordinator is, hopefully sooner than later. And hopefully the Ravens will find a way to get um, the, the, the quarterback. Hopefully it is Lamar Jackson some help. Before we get into our next subject, please remember to hit the subscribe button on the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there is a new episode, you will be the first to receive it. So we talked about defense, Cordell, and how important the Ravens view that to be. But there is potentially going to be some changes um, this offseason. 
Uh, a lot of it is probably going to be just not resigning guys. A lot of guys, there's a few guys we believe may, you know, be moving on for retirement. Um, and so you got to wonder what the defense will look like in 2023. This is a defense that clearly looks stronger once they acquired Roquan Smith from the Bears. Um, and, and they just were completely dominant down the stretch. You know, my a hiccup here and there, the Jacksonville game, but ultimately they were still very dominant. Um, but things could really change this offseason. You have Marcus Peters, who is now a free agent. You would have to assume Chuck Clark um, potentially won't be back because they drafted Kyle Hamilton. Calais Campbell and Justin Houston, I'd have to assume one or the other or both um, will not be back. Um, because you know they're they're the the, the vets the grandpas <laughs> of the the defense uh, and so I'm curious to know how you look at this and say you know will the will they be fine moving forward are there some guys that you believe that will step up um, with these guys gone or is this some some positions that you feel like they have to address whether it's via free agency or draft. Yeah, I think that they're definitely going to have to uh, address the cornerback position. With yes. regardless, yeah, uh, because after Marlon, you've got the young guys. You you've got uh, Kavon Seymour. You've got you know uh, Jalen Armour Davis, whose rookie season was pretty much derailed by injuries. You got Pepe Williams, who was pretty inconsistent at that nickel spot. Um, so right now, it looks like you're going to be dependent on a lot of inexperienced guys. I do like Kavon Seymour though. Um, he he was one of the standouts to me at training camp. This past year, I don't know how good he'd be, you know, being your number two corner or maybe even your nickel corner every week. But, you know, when in moments he he looked OK out there, he looked like he could hold his own. That said, they still have to upgrade at that position somehow. And again, kind of like what we were talking about with the wide receiver position, it's tough to go the corner route. And expect, I mean, you you already have a lot of inexperience on your team now. You're thinking about starting a corner. I mean, I mean, a rookie corner. So um, yeah, they're going to have to get somebody out of free agency. I don't know what their plans will be with Kyle Fuller, who, you know, got injured, got knocked out for the year earlier in the season. Um, didn't really get to see him much this year. I don't know if they feel comfortable bringing him back to have him be that veteran. Uh, he didn't necessarily excite me at training camp this past year, to say the least. Um, but I think in terms of this defense, getting being able to get back to an elite level next year, the cornerback position will be key for sure. But I think it's up to this this young pass rushing group. Is Owe going to take a next step? Um, is Ajabo going to turn out to be who they expect him to be? We Those are the biggest question marks, I think, about this defense, regardless of what the hole is at the cornerback position because they need these two guys to to be legit and not just them I mean even inside Calais Campbell may just be done so Matabike no more hiding behind you know Calais uh you got him Travis Jones Broderick Washington who I thought took the biggest jump of all the interior D linemen this year I thought Broderick pretty much uh took his game to a whole nother level so it's a lot's going to be dependent on this young group up front. If they can't pan, if they don't turn out to be what the Ravens think they're going that they're supposed to be, they're in trouble. I think they're in trouble as a unit, regardless of uh, you know Roquan being in the middle. And it's great to have him. You know, he's the one that gives you the optimism that they can 
be an elite defense again, but him and Patrick Queen being back in the middle again, you feel good about that. But if that front isn't good, it doesn't matter what your linebackers are doing. They're going to be getting blocked and caught up in the floods uh, and opening up the, the the holes for every running back that tries to get through there. So um, the, the defensive front, I think, is going to be the key next season. And who maybe they'll look to bring in a veteran as well. Michael Pierce will probably be, be able to be back uh, from yeah. that torn pack. So, you know, he's another one that you'll be able to add to that fold, maybe give you that veteran interior guy that they need. But them outside guys, huge question marks about Owe, huge question marks about uh, Ajabo as well. Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad you brought up the Michael Pierce um, uh, part because, I, you know, he is still on the roster and it's very possible that, you know, he'll be able to contribute um, in 2023. And he, he was playing well prior to his pec injury. Um, maybe you bring back a guy like Brent Urban if you felt like that he was good in a rotational type of, of role. But there were some young guys that I felt like, you know, stepped up, um, you know, the, this this season. And, hey, listen, you, you're going to have to find more ways to be involved if you're not going to bring a guy like Calais back. Um, I, I think it's possible. I agree with you that the outside uh, linebacker position is very uh, iffy because I loved what we saw from Ojabo and a, and a little bit of time that we saw, mm-hmm. but also, you know, we, it's just not enough, right? We don't, we still don't know how consistent he'll be. You, you would like to think that from what you saw, you know, he's going to be a dominant force, but you know, time will tell, right. Um, with away. I mean, we, we, we talked about this all year. He, he, there has been struggles, 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 struggles. Mm-hmm. And look, very good for him. The last two weeks he showed up, um, in the Bengals games, but maybe that was due to the fact that they were having trouble on the offensive line from a health perspective, and he took advantage of that. So you, you know, you don't know what that's going to look like in 2023. Too many times I saw Oway um, being pushed back, and that's a problem to me. Um, so that is concerning, but. I think that you have to look at your secondary. We know that the Ravens love, you know, pass rush and they love secondary. And, you know, you have to address the opposite cornerback position, like you mentioned, because outside of Marlon, I I, I can't say I trust anybody else on the roster right now to fill in if you don't bring back Marcus Peters. Hey, and even if you bring back Marcus Peters, I can't say I trust him either. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe his, his knee injury was a two year deal, but, from what we saw, it was too much inconsistency from Marcus Williams for you. I mean, for Marcus Peters for you to really feel like this is, you know, I don't know how you bring him back unless it's a team friendly deal right. and he's right. willing to accept the team friendly deal. Um, so I really do think that that's something that you have to address. I mean, you have to assume that that Chuck Clark probably won't be back because Kyle Hamilton um, really stepped his game up. The issue though is that. How do you allow Kyle Hamilton to be what he was in 2022 if you let a guy like Chuck Clark go? Do you bring in Geno Stone to play more in that situation when you try to play linebacker for Kyle Hamilton? What do you do in that position, right? Um, But, I mean, it it feels like um, we've seen the end of Chuck Clark in his career here um, just because of that that draft choice anyway. But, look, I think – that you can find ways to keep this team um, defensively sound. You still got a lot of great pieces, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you still got the Roquan. You still got Marlowe. Kyle Hamilton, you feel very optimistic about. So you you still have guys that can contribute. 
but you absolutely need to find ways to fill the holes that you have because cornerback is going to be a big hole. Um, too much inexperience there to just allow someone else to plug and play out on the other side of Marlowe. And, you know, the, the situation in terms of pass rush. I love Justin Houston. I think that he should absolutely get that bonus because I'm sorry. I don't, I don't hate that half sack thing. But you got to assume Justin Houston might want to. He, he said he still wanted to play, but I don't know if the Ravens feel like they want to bring him back. I would mm-hmm. like to see him come back because I feel like that there's too many question marks from a pass rush perspective. But, you know, I, I don't know if the Ravens say, okay, we've, I think we've maxed out our, our, our yeah. time. You know <laughs> what I mean? Obviously, you know, both guys to me have still played at a pretty good level. Calais to me at the highest. Mm-hmm. But, but do you feel like, you start need you need to start putting more money into need, which is cornerback and wide receiver, of course. Or do you keep paying these guys to come back? Yeah, I mean that's the question. I I, I think you're right. Uh, it's a, the Ravens are going to think long and hard about this, and Justin Houston as well. You know, I mean, I think he played well enough to show teams that he's got some juice left in the tank still. Um, with the you know I. I don't know at the same time if the Ravens felt like they want to bring him back. It could be a situation to where, like you said, like it's been two years, you know, we, we kind of maximize this. We think to the most we possibly could, he kind of fell off a little bit down the stretch of the season. Um, even though he had, he came back alive in that playoff game. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, w- I would say, that I wouldn't hate it if they took that money and put it towards uh, more need positions like cornerback and receiver. It's not going to be much, uh, but it'll be something that they'll be able to put into those areas. And, hey, if he gets back to training camp or close to week one and, you know, you, you still have a need for that, you feel like, or one of these guys, God forbid, gets hurt in training camp or something like that, you you got Justin Houston on speed dial, you know, you got maybe Calais. Uh, who 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 see what's going on? It's like, all right, it's early enough, you know. I, I'll I'll think about it, legit think about it. So, who knows? But I I do think at some point, regardless of whether these guys are back or not, they're going to depend on these young guys to kind of be the players they felt like they could be. Yeah, agree. And and, and look, they got a really good uh, defensive coordinator coordinator and Mike McDonald and he'll be going into his second year and so you that that helps to the familiarity of it all but they definitely have some issues that they'll need to address whether it's free agency or draft um, because we know this is a team that prides themselves big time on defense as we talked about in the previous segment so we'll see how this goes moving forward Before we get into our last segment, make sure that you're subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast. So every time Cordell and I talk about your Baltimore Ravens, you will be the first to receive it. Another thing that I think we should be, I don't know, concerned. I don't want to use the concern, but something that we should address, I guess I should say, um, is the running back position and the scenarios in which we can see how this goes. I don't know if you've seen this, but I've seen some mock drafts, um, Cordell, that have put the Ravens uh, with the, with running back positions. I'm not a fan of that because I feel like that there's a much bigger need that they have here in wide receiver and cornerback, and I think that those need to be addressed. But I think that there's some things that we, we have to acknowledge um, is com- 
completely possible that the Ravens trade Gus Edwards away, although I, I hate the idea, but very possible that he could, they could trade. I believe he would be going into the final year of his contract this coming season. Um, you have J.K. Dobbins, who also is going into the final year of his rookie deal. Um, and while I don't know, uh, Kenyon Drake, I'd have to believe was a one-year deal. So there's that part of it as well. And Justice Hill, I'm not really sure in terms of his, his contract, uh, issue, uh, situation, but I, I, I'm, I would have to believe that that's up in the air as well. So looking at the running back situation, do you feel comfortable? Do you bring back a Kenyon Drake? I believe that they should try to find a way to sign JK now and not wait to the last minute. But I also understand that there's a whole lot of other needs that they have to worry about at the moment in terms of signing guys. So he, that's probably the last thing that they're concerned about, but um, you know, you feel like he's going into his final year. I, I wouldn't push that issue. I would, I would not let him get on the market, uh, but that's just me. But when you look at this running back situation, how do you feel going into the season? Because as of right now, you got two guys, I believe that's going to be under contract. And then what do you do from the rest? Do you keep Gus? Do you rework his deal? Do you trade him? Do you bring in another running back? If so, how would it be you know, draft? Would it be free agency? You know, how do you think that this team moves when it comes uh, to the running back position? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, they, they really only have one guy under the contract is JK because Justice Hill's contract ended I'm sorry two guys with him right. and Gus uh Justice Hill's uh contract ended uh and Gus he he is due uh he has a what 5.6 million dollar cap hit yeah uh, th this year so um he is potentially a, a cap casualty um I don't know if they're what you're able to necessarily get if you if you trade Gus running back, the running back value in the NFL is so tricky. You know, it's they come a dime a dozen. Unless you're trading a guy like McCaffrey, um, you could probably trade Gus, but it's going to be for something substantially low. It's I don't know. Um, but I think everything will be on the table when it comes to him. I think that they definitely want to keep him if they could. Um, and maybe he reworks his deal or something like that. His uh, gets a lot of his money up front, kind of for his final year. Who knows? But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they honestly end up cutting him as well. I think I, I truly believe every everything will be on the table as far as what they do is to in terms of bringing guys in. I still think that they're going to look in the draft. I'd be surprised if they don't draft at least one running back this year. Um, free agency. I mean. You, you, if you're going to go the free agency route, I wouldn't hate bringing Kenyon Drake back, but if there's another back out there that can do a little more than what Kenyon Drake can do, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that either. Uh, I think that they're in a bind a little bit in terms of extending JK right now. JK clearly has the talent that you want. It's without a doubt. I, I think that you know that he's a quality running back and could potentially be an elite running back in this league, if able to put together a healthy enough season to do so. That's just the question. Is are, is is this over? Is Are the knee issues over? Is he going to come back to being himself next year? And I'm interested to see how next year goes because J.K. has voiced his, his feelings about getting hurt in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, and it's derailing his, his 
pretty much a year and a half. His money. Yeah, I mean, is he going to play this preseason? None of the starters played this past preseason, so he may not even be put in that situation. None of I could easily see the Ravens going out there and not playing any of their starters again this preseason. But um, I just think that with J.K.'s injury history, and it's really been the first time in his career he said it, that he's been hurt. I don't think he's an injury concern going forward, but you do want to make sure that you're out of this knee issue window you want to make sure that this is not something that's going to linger it's it it's impacted you for two straight seasons you know what i'm saying it's it's a thing so if if we're clear that we're out of this thing and this is no longer going to be a concern for us yeah i have no issues with the ravens you know extending jk dobbins or something like that but they've got bigger fish to fry a little bit right now uh you can't have another premium player on your team be paid I think before Lamar that you know what I'm saying I think I, I think you have to make sure he's the next guy if you're going to do that yeah um, I, I agree with that I, I, I yeah you do have to find a way to do Lamar but you know depth is a concern here because like you said there's two guys only left with contract I don't have a problem with bringing King and Drake back I thought they played well mm-hmm. I mean I don't know the availability of running backs in the offseason right. And, and I don't know if you feel like you can go younger and find a guy in the draft. I just feel like you got bigger needs in this draft to be worried about as opposed to running back when you can just re-sign a guy, you know? Well, I, I mean, just, I just look, I'm just looking up some of the running backs that'll probably be available. You got guys like Kareem Hunt uh, that'll be out there, although he may. How does that work though? Again, with a guy, with a guy like, I mean, are you keeping Gus if you're getting Kareem Hunt? No, no, I'm, I mean, I'm not. Right. You know, at that point, it, I think you're getting a guy. I think you're getting. I don't. Kareem Hunt could be better than Gus. I I think Kareem Hunt might be better than Gus Edwards when used the way he's used. Kareem Hunt is uh, used in the past game as well, um, and he's been a starting running back in this league. Has has shown that you know he he could be that guy. I, I would take Kareem Hunt over Gus, um, but it's not a lot of other like number two guys. I think Kareem Hunt is like the best borderline number two guy. And I don't think he even wants to be a number two guy. Anymore. Right. Um, that's the thing with him. Jamal Williams is out there. Same thing with him. He may want, he just broke Barry Sanders, his touchdown record out in Detroit. So he may be a guy that's looking to be a number one now. Yep. I don't think he is, but that may be what he looks to do. But if he's willing to be the second guy, yeah, I would I would take Jamal Williams. Uh, it, you know, if that's the case, definitely got a nose for the football. I mean, for the end zone for sure. If nothing else, um, Samaj P. Ryan, Deontay Foreman, Raheem Mostert's out there. So I mean, they they'll have they'll have their pick of the litter. I think when it comes to looking for a veteran replacement running back, they'll be able to get somebody uh, if they choose to. And if 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 they do want to bring King and Drake back because he's I mean, it's a new coordinator now, so he, you know it'll it'll be different. But I, he played well enough to where if he's if you can get Kenyon Drake back for cheap, I don't hate it. You know, I don't I don't have enough reason to really dislike that. But they, I, I do think that the running back position is going to be something that they are going to pay attention to this offseason. There may be some changes uh, in that backfield behind J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 
you, I'm curious to see what that is. Um, and I, you have to upgrade because I, I mean, you like the duo. You you have to like no. the duo of J.K. and Gus. I feel like they're a good one-two punch. But if you're going to try to find a way to, if you're saying that one of those guys is not coming back, and we have to assume that would be Gus, then they got to be an upgrade. And also, is it worth? I have to assume it's going to be more money. Is it worth that when you have other needs, as we discussed? Mm-hmm. You know previously um and so and then also you have to worry about the number three back because you there's always going to be injuries that happen and unfortunately the running back is a grueling position so you have to make sure that that that's going to be covered as well but i I don't i I just feel like it doesn't make fiscal sense to get rid of gus because all of those guys that you mentioned i have to assume especially a a kareem hunt might command more money Then Gus Edwards. Yeah. So does it make sense to, to drop him and bring in a Kareem Hunt? Or do you just keep what you have? Because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good point to make. You know, I I I just as well as is an opportunity that all these guys may be gone, uh, besides JK, it's a chance that they all may be back. I I think that they're gonna resign Justice Hill. He does a lot in special teams. Yep. And we know how much that that matters to Harb. So I, I expect Justice Hill to be back uh, out of that group. But if Gus, you're right, you know, Gus Edwards, he's going to command much less than what you're going to have to pay on the open market. Um, I would, you know, I, I could definitely see them keeping Gus for that extra year and just draft in the back or two out of the draft. Uh, this year, but they've only got five picks. I would, if they're going to draft two backs, that I would imagine that they ended up getting more more draft picks. But I, I do think they're going to get at least one. It would be malpractice if you have five picks and you use a running back <laughs> two. Malpractice. J.K. You must have be way other, way bigger needs than, than than running back. Way bigger needs than running yeah. back at this point. I doubt that they'll do that. I'm just saying for the record, if yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. Okay, somebody needs to lose their job. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I agree. I agree. I do think we'll see one. I don't think it'll be early in the draft. I, I'm not thinking, you know, with the 22nd pick, but, you know, you get you find one you like in the third or fourth round maybe, you know, one that's been sitting there a little too long. I, I, I think that they're definitely going to pull the trigger on that. Tyler Beatty may have left a little too soon. Hey, if you ask Tyler Beatty, look, he's doing just fine because he went yeah. to the Broncos oh, and scored sure. him. <laughs> it's first game. It's open competition out there. Well, not really. Uh, they're getting their running back back. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it might be he he probably uh, feels at the moment that, he, you know, he made a statement out there. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they move uh, on the running back position. Although it's not a pressing need, it is something that needs to be discussed because, you know, you, you you're you're needing to fill some voids there because of some contracts expiring so what they decide to do this offseason will be imperative to what they decide to do in the run game in 2023 so thank you everyone for listening uh we hope that you have a great weekend enjoy the afc and nfc championship games so from cordell to me this is winning drive winning drive